Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day with Strange Brew Coffee House. Start it the right way. If you're here in Starkville, that's the way to start your day with a smile and a great drink from Strange Brew Coffee House. That'll get your day started the right way, especially, you know, I know today's Friday, but the next one where you got to go to work, that's Monday, and Mondays aren't for anybody. So start it off the best way you can, Strange Brew Coffee House. Plenty of national championship merchandise still for sale at College Corner and plenty of great MSU football merchandise as you're turning the corner and getting ready for kickoff uh, the first weekend of September. So two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, and they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Everything you need maroon and white, clothes, hats, and everything you need for tailgating and home gating, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, that's Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. If you've already been there, you know what what I'm talking about. And if you haven't been there yet, you are missing out. A unique menu like you won't find anywhere else, that's what you have to offer at Humble Taco. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, your favorite southern classics turned into Mexicans. Mexican fare, not turned into Mexicans. That would be really something. That really took a turn there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, they've invented human cloning at Humble Taco. Tatiums is something else, man. I tell you what, man. I thought the Innovator. crawfish dip was his number one innovation of all time, but now he's in the cloning business. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be total recall up in that muck pretty soon. <laughs> Humble Taco, it's a good place to eat. We'll just leave it at that. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to Mars. Ah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you ever see the the Mad TV skit about that, where he has like he has a clone baby? No. And it, it and it's like you know, I have a clone of myself, and I go back in time. And I kill the clone, <laughs> but then the clone has a cloned baby, and they show the clone baby, and it's just Schwarzenegger's face with a cigar in its mouth <laughs> as a baby, and just goo goo gaga clone baby. <laughs> Like, Get me a taco. It's got a little fat bastard in there, as well as uh, as well as Arnold. I got to work on. I got to keep those separate there. Those I'm ones. so sexy. I'm so sexy. <laughs> I'm unhappy because I eat, but I eat because I'm unhappy. <laughs> so, anyway, I hope my wire team's ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, diaper girl, I left you a little something in there. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, uh, left you a rose petal. <laughs> All right, to Memphis. Memphis! <laughs> Speaking of crap, it's Memphis! Jeez. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, to this day, one of the funniest uh, moments in the history of my life was walking past the Memphis band in 2010 after Sadie just rolled them. 
and uh, a buddy of mine who will go nameless just teeing off on their flag girls. It was I don't know why it was so funny. It was one of the Nelsons, wasn't it? I can neither confirm nor deny anything. Okay. But he was just he was just he was just railing on them. It was hilarious. Stuck with me all these years. I can't really say what was said. But yeah. I don't have any fond memories of Memphis. I used to live in Memphis. My oldest daughter was born in Memphis. I mean, the, I meant of the team. Oh yeah. Well, here I do because state has not lost to Memphis in a very long time. I want to say 1991 was the last time state lost to Memphis. Jackie Sherrill's first year, um, and you know, at a time where Ole Miss has lost a lot of games to Memphis, state has not. I don't know why state has been able to keep the upper hand. Even in 2003, when Ole Miss, uh, you know, was had a good team and finished second in the West, second in the West, because they lost a game to they the lost team a game to the, yeah. They lost to Memphis that year. That was the team yeah. that had D'Angelo Williams and all that. But State beat Memphis that year. At, one at, of their two wins. At Memphis, wasn't it? It was It was here in Starkville. Okay, I, I was trying to remember. There was one year, didn't Michael Goler have like an interception or like a fumble recovery? I think recovery? it was 0-2, and Kyle York started that game, yeah. and they won. Yeah. So State's just had a lot of success against Memphis. And going back, the last two times State played Memphis, 2010-2011, when Larry Porter was, in, was at Memphis, those were legitimately some of the worst college football teams I've ever seen. I honestly think they would have they would have struggled to win FCS games. They were just so bad at every position. But since then, Memphis has made a string of good hires. You know, Justin Fuente to Mike Norvell, and now Ryan Silverfield, and they've become one of the better group of five programs every year. And that's why you know I've been saying all along with this schedule for Mississippi State, both of their group of five games are not jokes. Louisiana Tech and Memphis are a team that can jump up and beat an FBS team. That you know, they're going to come to play, and especially for a team like Memphis, it is, this phrase gets overused a lot. But it's their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Winning Mississippi State uh, this game would set their entire season ablaze. They would, they would, they would, it would do so much for them, not only as, uh, as for this season, but as a program. You know, the same way it is when they beat Ole Miss. So, for me, when I look at this game. You know, Memphis is a team that year in, year out, offense is sort of what their their calling card is. I can't I can't get frustrated if the final score of this game is something like 49-28. If State wins 49-28. And I mean that would be a good win for MSU. People would look at it and go, wow, 28 points. Memphis's offense is going to get points. Yeah. And you can credit the hires, like you said, that they've made. They've they've hired some innovative minds, some up and coming football coaches, and you know, Ryan Silverfield was at Memphis with Mike Norvell, mm-hmm. so he's kind of tr- he's kind of kept the train rolling a little bit. You know, they they took a little bit of a step back last year, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I still think this offense is dangerous. They have Mississippi talent on this team, uh, guys that were borderline Mississippi State and Ole Miss players, and that is kind of the key for teams like that. You know, we talk all the time about State getting those players at LSU almost takes or that Alabama and Auburn almost take, those are the kind of players that Memphis has to get. And really now, Southern Miss has to get those players. Mm-hmm. Memphis That's why is, Southern has fallen off yes. while teams like Memphis, uh, Louisiana Lafayette was yes. a good example. Hudspeth used to get a lot of kids out of Mississippi. Louisiana Tech has gotten kids out of Mississippi. Jay Moore Smith was the quarterback there just a couple of years ago. Jack Abraham. Jack Abraham. Troy. South Alabama. These programs have gotten Mississippi kids to Southern Miss's detriment. Yeah. Will Hall is changing that. But right now, there's three starters from Mississippi in this depth chart, this, this starting 22. Two of them from here in Starkville. Your boy, Dreek Clark, Jaleel Clemens, the defensive end, and uh, J.J. Russell, who was once committed to Mississippi State 
uh, as their middle linebacker. So Memphis has done well recruiting in this state. It's, it's like you said. State makes a living getting that, that guy who's just quite not good enough for Alabama, for LSU. Mm-hmm. Memphis is the same way. They can, make, they can win a lot of games getting those kids who just quite aren't good enough for State and Ole Miss. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where you have to live when you're like a group of five team. And, you know, like we said, I mean, Southern Miss, I think, is going to change a lot of that. I don't, I don't think nearly as many really good Mississippi players are going to be going no, to Memphis. No, we're all going to get those kids. And, uh, you know, talking to – talk just off topic, talking to high school coaches in the state – Will Hall is making a major impression, and that's a big that's a big relationship to have is with the high school coaches, because a lot of these high school coaches are like father figures to to a lot of these kids in Mississippi, so you have to get those get get those high school coaches on board, and I think he's going to be able to do that. But um, as far as Memphis is concerned, Rodriguez Clark watched him from ninth grade up. He was going to be an SEC guy. There was no doubt in my mind. I thought he t- I thought. He had a major setback when he was injured in ninth grade. Um, he had a, a, a serious leg injury. Came back the next year on the high school team and, and played well, but then I believe he tore his ACL. It's 10th grade year. But he's back to full strength now, and he's a really, really good running back. And that's a guy, he and Jaleel Clemens both, and, and J.J. Russell too, they're all going to have chips on their shoulders yes, for this game. They, they want to beat Mississippi State more than anybody. Um, I don't think they hate Mississippi State or anything like that, but they want to prove to Mississippi State that they should have taken them. They should have gotten a scholarship offer. Uh, so th- those guys are going to be playing harder than just about anybody on the field. At the end of the day, this this game is going to boil down to Mississippi State has more talent than, than Memphis across the board. Yeah. Mississippi State has to come out and impose their will on both sides of the ball. Whether it be on the road or not, you are a better football team than Memphis. You're more talented top to bottom and quite frankly, you have the better coach, Mike Leach, that's been coaching football and has been a head coach at Power Five schools for the last twenty years. I mean, he should come into this ball game. He shouldn't be out coaching this game either. So, State has the advantage in every way, other than home field, which I, I think there should be a, a big crowd of State fans there. But State has to come into this ball game with the mindset of, you know, this team can beat us. This team's good enough to beat us. But we're a better team when you come out and take care of business. So when you look at this game for Mississippi State, the first road game of the year, 3 o'clock kickoff, so you know it's going to be miserable. The Liberty Bowl, as we've said many times, simultaneously the hottest and coldest stadium in the country. So it'll be miserable down there for Mississippi State, probably close to 110 on the field with the 3 p.m. kickoff. You know, There's a lot working against Mississippi State. The Memphis crowd will be into the game. It's going to be miserable. You'll have just played a Power 5 opponent, so you know that's going to be a tough game. Your next week's game is against LSU. This is the definition of a trap game. Mm-hmm. A road game against a reasonably good but lesser ta- less talented opponent sandwiched between two big games. Everything about this smells trap game to me. You know what is you just sort of said you know, they got to be more they're going to win because they're more talented and I agree with that but what specifically would you look at and say state has the edge here it's got to be up front right yeah you would you would think so I mean state there are some questions from state's offensive line but that group's starting to come along the defensive line looks like it's going to be one of the strengths of the defense this year <clears throat> and I think the key for state in this game is just get, getting off the field on defense. Don't don't get in a track meet with these guys. You need to come out and impose your will on the defensive side of the ball. 
and get, and make them punt the football and you start kind of distancing yourself from them offensively. <clears throat> One thing I'm really interested in is the quarterback, Grant Gunnell, who's a transfer, who was a Power 5 starter. Mm-hmm. What's he going to look like? Yeah. Um, to me, it, just about everything boils down to the quarterback um, in these games. Who, what, what's the quarterback look like? Does he have a control of the offense? Um, and, and things like that. So I'm really interested to see how he's translating his game to, to Memphis and if that's going to be a major factor for them one way or the other, which I think it will. Yeah, I, I think that he's, you know, Memphis has, has had success at quarterback for the last decade. It's why they've been good. Uh, or at least you know in this this run that they've been on, and they've they've done well with some transfers here and there, and it feels like yeah it's going to be sort of the same thing that this guy Gunnell is going to come in and my guess is we'll look up at the end of the season and he'll be well over three thousand yards passing and this offense will be one of the better ones in the country statistically. Um, Dreek Clark, as we know, is a good player. Uh, he's he's probably going to be a thousand yard rusher for them if he stays healthy this year. Um, and then you know they've got they've got a lot of good receivers. You know, Calvin Austin is back for them. He was a thousand-yard receiver uh, a a season ago. Uh, they've got you know you look at their 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 passing stats. They're not to the same degree that a Mike Leach team would normally be at, but they've got three or they're going to have three or four guys who catch 25, 30 passes this year, and they've got one guy who's you know Austin's one of the better receivers in the country. Sixty-three catches, thousand fifty-three yards, eleven touchdowns uh, a season ago. So for me. It's hard to believe that Memphis played 11 games, by the way, last year. You would think a conference or an AAC school would have had some issues. They didn't. They got they got most of their games played, and kudos to them for that. And they lost to good teams. They beat UCF, mm-hmm. which was a big win. They, yep. they lost to a Cincinnati team that's um, now turning into a team that's, that's on the verge of a playoff. Yeah. Um, and they lost to Tulane, who had a really big year had last year. a good year, year, yeah. So, you know – we we said it was kind of it was a step back, but it wasn't a huge step back. No, they still went eight and three. And my guess is the game that if they had played twelve games like they should have, they would have been a team they would have beaten. So they would have been a nine win team. Yeah, and ended up in a good bowl game. Um, you you mentioned you know offensively we sort of know what this team is going to be, but for Memphis the issue obviously is defense. They gave up two hundred eighty nine yards a game in the air last year, <clears throat> and another one hundred and forty six yards a game on the ground. This is not a good defensive team as it is. So this will be a good litmus test for a Mike Leach offense. They should light this team up on the scoreboard. They should put a lot of points on the board. Yeah, you would think. And if they're not, then you should be very concerned. If they're not, if the offense isn't showing signs of life or improvement in the first four games, there's there's some struggles on the way because the schedule's not going to get any easier. They got you know a lot. Of, this front part of the schedule is really important for Mississippi State. With La Tech, NC State, and Memphis, they need to win those games. I, I don't. Yeah, it's going to be tough for me to see six over over six wins if they don't go three and zero in that stretch. Correct. Uh, because they still got you know they got who LSU you said after Memphis, and then you got A and M, Alabama, mm-hmm. somewhere in that stretch. Well, it's the next three games. So uh, you got to win those three, I think. You yeah. got to come out in the first three games. You got to feel really confident. If you're four and two after you play Alabama, you're in great shape. You, you'll take that if all. You're three and three. Eh, you, you should be okay. If you're two and four, you're in a world of trouble because all you've got left on the schedule that you can say are for sure wins, and not even for sure. I mean, an SEC game is always going to be tough, but Vanderbilt is as close to a gimme as you can get. You're going to beat Tennessee State, 
But you're looking five and seven in the face. Yes. So yeah, this game is is a key game for Mississippi State. It's difficult for me, and maybe it, maybe I'm letting history sort of taint my viewpoint. But again, State has just been so successful against Memphis. It's a, a conference USA team. I'm sorry, not conference USA, but AAC team. State's just been so good in years past against non-conference teams for the most part, especially outside of you know they they, they what they lost to Kansas State uh, in Moorhead's second year. Mullen lost to uh, Oklahoma State, but those are Power Five teams. Mm-hmm. When they've played Group of Five teams, basically for the last decade, they've won and won pretty easily. So I think that's going to be the case here. I think State will go up there. Memphis will make it interesting, and they'll certainly put some points on the board. But I think at the end of the day, State will just be able to dominate them offensively and and put forty plus points on the board. And I don't, I don't, I, well, I say Memphis will get some points. They are not going to get forty plus points on Zach Arnett's defense. Yeah, that would be a major shock. So, I mean, if the offense just comes out and has a, a really good day, they'll be in good shape here. I, I got State winning this winning this ball game. Yeah, for and sure. If they lose, it's, you better be concerned. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of concern. A lot of concern if they lose. Not going to happen, though, I don't, I don't think, as we sit here today. you know, Let me watch the first two games, and if State has a combined 20 points, I might change my yeah, mind. Yeah, you might change your mind. Huh? Yeah. You know what? I'm allowed to do that. This is America. You are? Let's move on over to our uh, SEC preview. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget that Welcome Home Beef is available at at Val's Marketplace here in Starkville. And now it's not just the uh, the, the cuts that you're cooking at home. They've got pre-made meals available for you from Welcome Home Beef. So if you're a busy family, you don't have a lot of time to cook during the week, hey, man, Welcome Home Beef has got you taken care of with pre-made meals. Great quality products, that same welcome home beef quality that you're used to getting, but now it's all, all the w- hard work has been done for you. Head over to Val's Marketplace or to your local grocer across the state. If you're in Collinsville, Corinth, Pontotoc, New Albany, Bihalia, Olive Branch, or Louisville, welcome home beef products are available there. And if your local grocery store isn't carrying them, you need to find out why. Call your local grocer, call Welcome Home Beef, 662-268-8148, or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That is the place to go for some fantastic food anytime you are in Starkville. One of my favorite places, not just here in town, but anywhere I've traveled to. It's hard to beat Two Brothers. Great people, great atmosphere, great big patio for you to enjoy the, the nice weather. And, of course, the food is just fantastic. Anytime I'm, I'm, I'm in the mood for lunch or dinner, Two Brothers is one of my first choices every single time. If you haven't been there yet, I don't know how you've avoided that. Get out there next time you're in Starville. The Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems wants to take care of you two different ways. They're going to take care of you from a product standpoint because they've got as big a selection as anybody of everything your business needs to grow, to operate efficiently. Everything a business needs is available at Advantage Business Systems. But then everything is backed up with the kind of customer service you expect to find from your next-door neighbor. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is. They are your neighbor. They are a Mississippi business, first and foremost, and above all. Call them today. Find out how they can put 46 years of expertise helping businesses just like yours to work for you. That number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Georgia Bulldogs... What do you think? This is my team, man. This is the team I say is going to win the national championship. I'm I'm pretty high on them as well. I don't have them winning it yet, mm-hmm. but I actually picked JT Daniels as my player of the year. Okay. 
Um, so was he your first team All SEC quarterback when you voted? Yes, in really. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. Let's talk about that for a second. And, I voted for Corral, and and I can see it going either way. I just I, I feel like if you voted for Daniels, you're projecting a bit more. I it's, it is to, it's total projection. It's total it's total guess on my part. I know what Matt Corral is going to do. I know he's going to have a huge year as long as he's healthy. He should lead the SEC in total offense. Mm-hmm. If JT Daniels is somewhere around that realm and Georgia wins the East and wins the SEC, he's going to be your player of the year. That, um, there's no question about that. And what I saw last year, I, I know he didn't replicate it, but what I saw against Mississippi State, uh, I saw an elite arm talent that he, he had some great receivers that he was throwing to, but some of the throws he was making was just ridiculous. And I, I feel like the like you said, the projection is there. I mean, it's always been said that this guy's super talented, and it just didn't come to fruition for him at, at uh, USC. He's getting a second chance at Georgia. I just feel like it's going to click for him this year, and and he's going to have a huge season. Um, and if he has a huge season, Georgia's going to have a huge season. I agree with that. And and sort of the forgotten man. I mean, this is Georgia. We're talking about tailback. You, Zamir White is only, what, two, three years away, removed from being the number one running back in the country at high school. A fantastic talent. I, I think he will be a the next guy in that lineage for Georgia. So they have a lot of offensive weapons. Um, you know, Missing George Pickens is obviously a, a blow for them, but they have the wide receiver depth, I think, to get over that. Plus, I'm going to make the assumption that Eric Gilbert will be eligible to play for them, and that's just, again, another weapon for them uh, and a big-time one. He's, he's in all likely will be playing wide receiver for them. How so, amazing was it that State did what they did against their running attack last year? It was really I, something. I, I know they were focusing a lot on the pass, but even when they tried to run it, they couldn't. It's like State was – it's like Zach Arnett was just saying, you are you can do whatever you want to through the air. You're not going to run the ball on us. Right. And that's basically what happened. And it was, it was amazing what State was able to do in that game, period, considering – the bodies that they that they didn't have and the guys that were kind of leading the team at the time. Feels like if you'd had a few more guys. Because that was a game where Jordan uh, Davis wasn't playing. I think Tyrus Wheat didn't play. I think Malik Heath didn't play in that game. So yeah, you were I missing. We, I think they might I think Wheat and Davis might have played that. They didn't play the Davis didn't play in that game, I know for sure. Okay, the next week was Ole Miss game, right? Right. Okay, yeah, you're right. The, I so, think both of them were out. So they're missing you're missing some key guys there and you had so many injuries. Marcus Murphy's opted out at this point. You were two or three players away from winning this game, and even going back, and I, you know, I don't want Zach Arnett to punch me in the face or anything, but the decision you know, he makes the he brings an all-out blitz on a third and long, and they throw over the top, and Sean Preston just can't get to the ball. You're a couple of decisions maybe away from winning this game. So I, this by far for me was State's most impressive performance of the whole season, even in a, a defeat. Yeah, you know, because I, I mean, you can be, we'll be honest here. They took 43 guys over to play a top 10 team on the road. We all thought they were going to lose by 40. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, think about the way they've been playing previous to that. They've been playing so terrible. This was the game for me, and we'll get to George in just a second. This was the game for me where I said, okay, everybody that's left has bought into Mike Leach, and going forward, attitudes aren't going to be a problem anymore. And they yeah. weren't. Yeah. They weren't. So, And, I mean, you really only had one game after that that you didn't play well, and that was the Auburn game. And beyond that, I mean, the season was was pretty much completely turned around, and, and you take that – what you got from your team late in that schedule, you bring it into this year, and you return most of those players, and you're a year older, and you have a full roster. So you got to feel good about that because Georgia um, is still, you know, last year was still one of the best teams mm-hmm. in the Southeastern Conference. They didn't win the SEC because they lost to Florida, but uh, they kind of started getting their wheels rolling at that point too. And yeah. now, 
I mean, this year, even without George Pickens, I think they're going to be really tough this season. And I think we had, you know, most of the teams that we've talked, when we when we were putting the, the schedule, talking about their schedule, I think we've got Georgia winning most of their ball games. Yeah, I do too. They start the year off with maybe the most anticipated non-conference game I can remember. Both of these teams, even on defeat, especially uh, Clemson, could be back in the playoff. Clemson could lose this game, win out, and then they're back in the playoff. No question about it. Georgia could lose this game. If they win the SEC, they're, they're going to get in. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this football game. Um, unfortunately, it is at the same time as Miss, or State 3, first game 3. So I guess as we're wrapping up, I, I might catch three the, or six. It's three. It's three six three. That's the way the first three games go. Okay. So that means I'll be catching the uh, second quarter from the house. I can't wait. Yeah. The, the, this is going to be a, a that great is, atmosphere. The, 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 that is the third. That is my third most anticipated uh, event of that weekend. So are they playing this at the at the Belk Bowl? Yeah. The stadium, at, at the Panther Stadium. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm ranking. My, I totally forgot that was the Panther Stadium. I'm sorry to call it the Belk Bowl. Yeah, stadium. it's fine. This is number three for what I'm looking forward to the most that weekend. Number two is obviously Mississippi State's opener. And number one on Sunday is All Out. Looking oh, yeah. Looking forward to that very, very much. So uh, that, that, this this atmosphere has a chance to be like Jacksonville. Like oh, it the, should be. Yeah. These two the fan bases. Georgia and Florida. It's going to be packed. Should be half orange split. and half. Yeah. I that should be fun. I can't wait to watch this game. And I think Georgia's going to win it. Yeah. You know, I don't, really, I don't really know what to expect from Clemson. They're going to have a new quarterback. You know, we've seen Trevor Lawrence for the last three years. I, I don't really know what to expect from them. I, I'm going to give Georgia the edge here, too. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Georgia, especially on a neutral site. If this was at Clemson, I, I might think differently. But mm-hmm. yeah. th- this this might be a little bit of I a just, transition year for Clemson. I feel but like that the, Georgia defense against a guy making – I mean, I know it's not his first start. He started that huge game at Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, the DJ, um, la, 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 la. But I can't, I can't say it. I'm not even going to try. Uh, but that said, I just feel like that they're gonna. This is gonna be a tough game. This is gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a very old school game. 24-21, something like that. I think the defense. Both, both teams should have pretty salty pretty defenses. Yeah, so. Then you got Georgia. You know UAB. That's a win. South Carolina is a freaky series, but they're gonna beat South Carolina this year. Yes. Then Van, at home. And then Georgia fans get to take their twi- You know, every other year trip to Nashville when thirty thousand of their fans will invade a forty thousand seat stadium. They get to enjoy the the uh, the sights and sounds there. Yeah, hope there's some bachelorette parties that weekend. And then Arkansas, so they should be five and zero when they play. And I mean, it's weird seeing this game on October the ninth, right? The Deep South's oldest rivalry. They'll travel to Auburn. Another series that Auburn has a knack for winning it's these weird. games when they shouldn't win them. Yep. I think Georgia will win, but I'm not going to be shocked if they don't. That's a dangerous game. We saw that in in 2013 with that hail mary they threw. Um. Auburn Jesus is, is still alive and well. Comes comes every now and then. Checks in on uh, on the stadium there. So we'll see what happens. Auburn oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just picture Gus Malzahn. Will the circle <laughs> be unbroken? That I mean, by and that by game. Cam, by and by. That game was the was the quintessential Auburn Which Jesus one? moment. The the pr- oh, prayer the, the prayer Jordan Hare. Yes. That I remember was, watching that when game. I saw that I was like Auburn's going to the championship. Yeah, because they they had already beaten State that year when they, State they won State three games like they, with less than sixty seconds on the clock where yeah. they were losing. And I, 
I mean, th- th- I remember that season well because mm-hmm. I was standing on the sidelines when when Auburn started their drive mm-hmm. on their last drive. I was standing right by Scott Strickland, and they started just dinking and dunking. Yeah, and State was playing back. I yeah. told Scott Strickland they're about to drive down the field and score. Right yeah, here. you all, you and they right. did. And from that point on, we had George. That's the Georgia why he game. left for Florida because you talked to him. Yeah, he was done. He's like, I can't. Uh, I can't deal with this guy coming towards me on the sideline. So anymore. I don't know if you remember this or not. The night that state played, the night that game happened, state was playing Alabama. So we had, we it was here, yeah, and we had a lot of Alabama press in the press box, including a lot of touchdown Alabama press in the press box. Alabama fans, and when Auburn, that's most of them, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. When Auburn scored, I remember there being an audible groan in the press box, like it was during oh! the national anthem. Yeah, they were watching this during the national anthem, yeah. and they were like, "Oh no!" In the around, press I like, box, I was just like, "You got." I was watching it myself. I had it on my laptop, and I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" That Auburn has done that. Auburn, Jesus, very real thing. But Georgia wins this one. Kentucky, that's a win. Then they have the bye week, and then it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party against Florida. I think last year was an anomaly. Yeah. I think Smart is going to whip Mullen year in, year out because he recruits better than him. I think that goes back to normal this year. Yeah, I think that's going to happen too. And There's just too many question marks for me with Florida this year. The rest of the way, the only game that sort of gets me is this next one. Because, again, if you're going to find like a trap game, right? Big rivalry game with Florida. The week after this game, you're going up to Tennessee, which, you know, say what you want, that's, that is a rivalry game. Missouri is my sort of my dark horse in the East. I have them third. I think Georgia's going to win pretty easily, but at the same time, Missouri can make it more competitive than maybe we're thinking as we sit here right now. Yeah, that that's that's a team that can really screw up a lot of team seasons. Uh, yeah. I, like, I, I could see them just screwing up just a ton. I think A&M was the other team. We, was, was A&M we were talking about that yeah. they could beat? Yeah. Um, so, there, I mean, there's – I don't know what to expect. I feel like they're going to be good. I, I think they are too. So, but I'll give this one to Georgia. Georgia's going undefeated. Tennessee, Charleston Southern, Georgia Tech, they're winning that. Although, I would love – I would laugh pretty hard if Coach Collins found a way to beat them. Swag Chalice, baby. It's going to, it's, it's going to come down to that SEC championship. They should be and, playing an undefeated Alabama team. Yes. And then um, – so that, like, Do they both get in at that point then? If they're both undefeated, you got to put both of them in. You can't. You can't. You can't say penalize Alabama losing to Georgia on a neutral field, on a close game. Now I'll say this: if Alabama goes and plays Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they lose thirty-eight to seven, okay, maybe they don't belong yet. But if they lose by seven on a neutral field, you have to give them another game. Yeah. So then Georgia and Alabama would be in with probably Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah. And Oklahoma fans would be losing their mind. When are they? When are they going to expand the playoffs? Twenty three is the earliest. Okay, basically when Texas and Oklahoma come to the conference. When Texas A and M doesn't have a chance to be in. the Yes, t- exactly, exactly. Okay. So, so undefeated is what we're giving the Georgia Bulldogs today. We but we had Alabama and Georgia undefeated on these predictions. And I've got Alabama winning the SEC, and you have, have Georgia. Georgia. And I think Alabama's going to win the national title. Should again. be. You know, I know college football is top heavy. I know that. I know it's not great for the sport, but. There's something exciting about knowing these two teams are on a collision course. Yeah, for November, I, I'm looking. Well, Kirby to that. Smart has been has been building this. I mean, the, the this rec- is the year. The recruiting from Kirby Smart yeah. has been in the area of Alabama. Yeah. since he's been there. Yeah, he just hasn't been able to. He doesn't know how to beat Nick Saban. Right. He's he's been in position. Yeah, I he's mean, not, they literally were Kirby right. Smart there. is this team's biggest weakness. He is yes. not a great big game coach. He, well, they, he tightens up in the big game. They lost the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. They lost the uh, the game where they had what, what was the was the national was the uh, playoffs. 
that they played with the national championship game. Yeah, national championship whenever yeah. they whenever Tua came in. Yeah, second and that game was that game was they had that game won. They had yeah. it in the bag. Yeah. So uh, he just can't do it. And so this is the year that he's going to have to yeah. be able to prove. I agree. It. I agree. All right, guys, back with you on uh, Monday. Robbie won't be here on uh, our Sunday for me to record with Sunday. So just me on Sunday or Monday, however you want to look at it. And uh, then he'll be back for uh, for all next week. Big week of practice coming up as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. Guys, have a good weekend. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.